Oh, please, please. By definition alone, they're inferior films. It's bullshit generalization. Many sequels have surpassed their original. Oh, yeah? Name one. International. We've commented how the title, how that was, because it's probably a different title in internationally, right? They usually use different titles. So oh, that's a good I, question. Because I was thinking, like, oh, maybe they're just doing that title for the international market. But then I was like, wait, but why? That logic's not even doesn't make sense either, because they always change the title for that language and whatever they like. And what if the title was Men in Black, and then there's an understood, unspoken. We're banking on the international. <laughs> They better keep banking because at twenty-eight million, that's way below where they want to be. I was looking it up last night. So the usually sequels really you'll see a spike. You know, the reception of the first one is so good or mm. bad that you it goes up. So many people show up for the second one, or it goes way down. And literally, Men in Black, Men in Black Two, and Men in Black Three all live their opening. All live within the one was it starts at fifty one, then fifty two, and then fifty four for the third. With and with inflation, so really the third is that you're actually seeing a decrease. And by the third, they're making way less overall. There's a bigger gap though between three and yeah, it was three ten and years. Two, two and, and three is ten years. But how, the one and two doesn't make sense. Three makes a little sense. We haven't seen Will in a while. It's not acting. I call it his nepotism. Uh, uh, I don't remember what I call it. <laughs> His nepotism I'm hiatus. Up what I call it right now. <laughs> His nepotism hiatus, where he was grooming yes. Willow to be a pop star and young Jaden to be a movie star and the Karate Kid and such. Um, and when Will came back, I saw. So you hadn't seen the Men in Black Three picture. I saw it in the theater. He was rusty. Yes. We forget that acting, just like any sport or any skill, if you don't do it for long enough, you get rusty. And he like so. He always seemed so effortless in the earlier years. But watching Men in Black 3, you're like, oh, wow, you you just don't have, you, you got to get back in the gym, man. You got to get back up to speed. He wasn't a game speed. He looked like Boogie Cousins or, you know, out there on the court. He just wasn't, he didn't have his legs yet. Well, he went through his, he had a very similar period that Tom Cruise had. Mm. And it made sense then when people started saying he was into Scientology for a little window of time. It made sense that he started acting like Tom Cruise acted, where you're like, you're not from our planet anymore, are you? What a funny comment to make about the guy in Men in Black, who's the lone human character in Men in Black. (laughs) Yeah. One of the two. It makes you think that there are Men in Black, and that they took him, or they neuralized him. That's actually what it seems like. From Men in Black 2 to 3, he was neuralized and can't remember anything. He can't remember how to act. Yeah, he forgot. (laughs) He's like, wait, I'm an actor? No, 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 my son's an actor. I'm the guy who sits next to a ship and yells orders. Can I tell you the redeemable parts about three? Well, no. I don't want to start with three. Oh. I want to start with Men in Black 1 to 2, why there's not a huge jump. Jump? In in revenue. It didn't make any... Like, that's odd. It falls off. The overall gross falls off. That's odd because usually we like to attribute a movie doing... A sequel doing well to whatever came before and how right. that reaction was to that plays into the net. It's, it's like the same thing with at anything like with m- music. If the album before is great, you're really excited for the next one. Even if the next one's not great, it's still the sales usually spike and go higher than the previous one. So it's odd that the second one didn't do that. I remember I didn't see I mean, I saw like some of it on TV. I tried watching later. It's a tough watch. It's one of those ones that just feels so perfunctory. You know, and the mm. preview doesn't look good, and it's just, like, impossible to get excited about. And it, enough people turn out just based off of, well, we got to see it, it's Men in Black, and we love the first one. I just felt like you could tell immediately, Men in Black is an interesting movie. I feel like people forget how clever it is. Yes. It's so brilliant. You know, like, there's so much smart stuff. You know, it gets grouped in, kind of, it's in that era of Independence Day, and... Um, I feel like it gets grouped in one of those when he every remember every yes. summer on July Fourth it was just the weekend Will Smith owned. I feel like it gets grouped in with just his. It was just big, it was just like oh anything he was in would be good. It wasn't yeah. actually good. 
But it's actually like one of his better movies. It's so good. I think it's one of the best comedies. And if you talk comic, because it's based off a comic book, I think you talk all, all-time best comic book movies, I think it's up there. I mean, yes. every time I rewatch it, I'm like, ah, I remember that this is better than I remember it, and it's even better than I remember <laughs> Best comedies. I don't even think of it as that. No, that's interesting. Funny. But those are... What's but, funny? What are they giving me the funniest scenes in the movie? Well, top. that's why I think I like it, because I like my comedies. If you ever, if you look at my oove, the comedies that I put atop the list, I guess that wouldn't be wouldn't my be your oove, oove, would no. it? <laughs> I consider other people's ooves my ooves. Once you start your oove, I, it joins my oove. Uh, I like the movies that make you feel good. You're not yes. rolling around on the ground. It's not yes. there's something about Mary. Not that I don't like that movie, but the ones I'm really drawn to, you come out and you just feel good. And you're, what does that? What does Ren and Black make you feel good about? I just like it. It's enjoyable. Okay. Right. But you're not. It's not ah ha ha all the time. There's a lot of funny stuff though. I mean, like it's cool yeah, funny. I feel, yeah, I feel more like it's, it's cool. Like it, it's it's not. A, like when he's going through the tests. Yes, the test is incredible. The whole scene is. Incredible, but I don't think of right? it as a. It's actually like a, oh shoot. He we we've almost thought that he was the dumbest of them all. And the movie was like, we're like, oh, they have something up their sleeve. And when they reveal what they have up their sleeve in that he's actually really smart and was the smartest of all these other guys. You're he's like, thinking oh. outside the box, right? Exactly. Which makes perfect sense for the, for an agency like Which that. we ask for in our movies. But usually when they think outside the box in a movie, it's usually like, I was so in the box. Yeah, like, yeah. You really what you did is you made everybody else really stupid and made your one character just do Or usually the they're outside decision. the box. They're just not playing by the rules. True. Whereas he's not mm-hmm. adopting the rules, but because he just thinks he's thinking a little bit differently, right? He's thinking on other. He's planes. also judging everybody by, like a lot of the people shoot these aliens because of the looks, and he's like, that guy's just hanging out, right? Right. He's just that guy's just working out right over there. He's got a dumbbell, you know. Well, no, because one guy's looks, doing pull-ups yes, in the light, and then yes. the other guy looks like he has a tissue. <laughs> he's sad. He's just crying. <laughs> but this girl, look, she's got astrophysicist books. She's in the hood with all these monsters at night. She's got a smile on her face. That's real fishy. Yeah, I'd shoot her dead. <laughs> Seems like that. Yeah, I don't, it is. That is that is funny. Also, think about okay. Funny. I'll give you that. What about this? Because this proves my point. I think of that. It's not ha ha funny, but it's just like in it's clever. Which is the best joke of the whole movie is that the 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 rag newspapers. What are those called? The Star and the Enquirer and everything. That those are actually true. And when they say yes. there's a UFO. Those aren't nonsense make-believe. Those are actually correct. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really... That one joke encapsulates the outlook of the movie, right? But again, you don't see that. Like, ah! <laughs> you just... It's clever. And you... And you There's a lot of clever... Like, the, right. the whole... that that Our favorite scene, I think, is that Tommy Lee Jones explaining to Will Smith why he, we can't tell everyone about aliens. Best scene in the movie. Because... I think what does he people say? are smart. They would get it. No, a person is smart. People are dumb and <laughs> gullible, and <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, that's a good point. Of why we would have this? Because yeah. that is actually the argument of why we don't know about they don't, they'll never divulge about aliens because they don't want they don't know how we would react. That would be this yeah shift. I, I remember we were talking after the international. You were saying that the first one had a theme. That well, that scene the really is a huge part of it. I think we just kind of touched on them of, of right thinking outside the box. A lot of what you think is fake is true, and and also judgment too. They're judging the aliens as evil, even when they're just doing regular stuff. It's like kind of a there's right because there's, there's always like an immigration type avenue of like. We can't tell the people about these people coming here or these aliens coming here because of how they might react. And Will Smith, every the first couple of aliens he encounters, he's always afraid of and spooked oh. and jumps out of his skin. And then Tommy Lee Jones is always like, oh, that's just Freddy. Don't worry about him. He's a good guy. Yeah, I think that it's much more thematic than, than the ones that follow. So what would you have done? What's... Give me your, all your thoughts on international. Because two and three, I don't even know if I want to talk about. I too can much, I mention just the? I wanted. Ahead. I do want to mention what Barry Sonnenfeld said was the mistake they made on two. I thought it was very interesting. Take it. 
he said the studio really wanted them to focus on um, <clears throat> Will Smith and Rosario Dawson's romance. And what happens is Tommy Lee Jones, his memory gets erased for most of the movie so he can go and find, discover something about his past. And he's like, if you're focusing on Will Smith's romance and Tommy Lee Jones disappears until Tommy Lee Jones comes back into the picture, inherently um, Will Smith becomes the straight man. And he's like, I just learned on Wild Wild West, audiences don't want to see Will Smith be the straight man. Mm. And just by, once Tommy Lee Jones is out, he, he's, then he has to be the straight man. He's all that's left, you know? Um, I thought that was interesting. That even he thought, like, going in, that that was going to be problematic and it wouldn't work, coming off of Wild Wild West. Now, the third one is definitely better than that one. They go back in time. Bill Hader has a great part. He plays... David Bowie, not David Bowie. Um, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh no, I snapped. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Oh, forgot I snapped. <laughs> Andy Warhol, he plays. Yes, I think funny. I have seen this part. That, is that part's very funny. Nicole Scherzinger has a little tiny part in it. She's always welcome anytime she wants to grace us with her presence in the motion pictures. We will glad we will welcome her with open eyes. <laughs> um. <laughs> And then I do remember kind of enjoying the end, which goes back to Tommy Lee Jones. You know, like he had that encounter with an alien in the past, and there's like a lot of melancholy and heartbreak, and there's something that happened there, and there's more to it. Mm -hmm. There's a nice twist at the end. Ah, Actually, maybe I didn't like it. It was hokey. I think (laughs) Will Smith's dad is there or something, maybe, and sees it. I totally forget now. Anyway, I can't remember if it it was a nice moment or kind of a... Ah, it's funny how memory it together works and, in that way. <laughs> the more I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I, maybe I was like, ah, that's really hokey and too coincidental, and I didn't need all of that. <laughs> or at the time I thought that, and now I don't. Or at the time I liked it, and now I don't. It's either one. You're like, Were oh. you moved? So Men in Black International, when everybody's going their separate ways, and Tessa Thompson was just like looking over her shoulder, and then Chris Hemsworth looking over his shoulder like, I don't want to leave you. Were you moved by that? I was kind of moved by that. Not at all. No. Oh. Zero. Zero percent. <laughs> I can tell you why. Why? <laughs> I, first of all, I don't think they had any chemistry. People feel like they had chemistry because they've had chemistry in the Thor movies, but I'm like, that doesn't oh. just carry over inherently. It mm. seemed like she had more chemistry with her little, with, uh, with uh, Pawnee, played by uh, Kamal Nanjani. She, yeah, you're probably right. They were really good together. I was wondering, was his voice on set? Because their timing is so yes, good. Yeah. So I was like, wait, he's just a digital creation. Was she talking to nobody or somebody off camera? Or did like, had he already recorded like as if he was doing an animated movie? And so she had that to play off of? Like, I wonder how they did that. Because their timing and back and forth is so good. Mm. I just didn't think her the two characters had anything. Mm. It's kind of sem- there were a couple of moments in it where they were like talking about love and that she doesn't love anything and it seemed like they were leading you yeah. for a romance, but then there was like nothing else in the movie. And, and when she's no buttoning real... his shirt, I was yes, like, exactly. okay, are we doing yeah, what are, sexual what are, what... tension, chemistry? He's like, I'm going in, you know, like, all right. And then, and yeah. I don't even know why he brought, do we ever find out why he brings Tessa Thompson into this? There's a scene where he brings her to a, like a party. Night she club. says he's pimping her out. She's, he's trying to... He's doing two things. One, she lies to him and says she can speak fluent Tungarian or whatever. That's no, with a J. J- Jabro- Jab- it was like jabroni. Jabroni. <laughs> yeah. Jabu- jabroni. Jabuian. Um, so he wants to put her on blast because he's taking her to meet a jabroni. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he gets there, he's he's kind of like pawning her off. And she's like, Are, did you just invite me to like pit me out to keep this guy at bay? And he's like, no, no, of course not. But like that... That was, he was just kind of using her, which feel to me felt like something from another era. Didn't feel very... <laughs> well, and there was, that's the odd thing. It seems like there was a different version of the script that was supposed to be like progressive men in black, where they talk about, you know, women's rights and, yeah. and it should be, why isn't it women in black? Because that's like a whole conversation, Emma Thompson and Tessa Thompson. But it gets Thompsons. shut down so quick. Yes. Oh yeah, they both are They Thompson. are both Thompsons. It gets shut down so quick. She's like, oh, I tried my best. I'm trying my... It's like, you're the leader of, of the whole organization. No, you're making it more wishy-washy. She, like, shoots it down. Tessa yes. Thompson's like, men in black? 
And she's like, don't, I don't even want to hear it. I've already tried that. Afford to, that battle is just not happening. They're just stuck to it. I can't, you know, and you're like, jeez. All right. Here's finally somebody you could confide in, you know, and you could vent about it a little bit. And instead you're like, no, don't, I want to hear it. And then there's another, mo- there's, there's only one other moment where they bring it up, right? Is it when? At the very end when yes. he turns around? Yeah. When Hemsworth, I think it's in the trailer where he turns around. Yeah, and, yeah. Men and women in black. Yeah, and you're like, and the, that's the oddest part because at, at, there must have been a different version of the movie where his character is like sexist pig because they never talk about men and women or anything or him doing. Uh. That never comes up. He wasn't even involved in that Emma Thompson conversation. So you're like, why is he even bringing up men and women in black? They've never. She's never been like, oh, yeah, women can do this job, too. And Kumail Nanjani's line in the preview, which is not his line in the movie, after that, in response to that, mm-hmm. is like, nice work. Like, good one. Like, mm-hmm. you did it, finally. Yeah. You... But it's, he's never done anything yeah. to... Huh. That was bad. Interesting. He's actually done good stuff. He's brought her all along when she probably wouldn't have been on this amazing mission. I did think, I agree, I did think there, him, oh, I only work alone, and he turns on that so easily yeah so I, I, falsely I, I, that i didn't buy at all which which basically then your whole movie is operating off of borrowed i don't buy them together right i, I agree did, i, I just didn't buy that scene so yeah. then you're like well now everything after that feels kind of unearned in a way yeah i didn't buy that part at all i don't i you know that drives me crazy when in a movie when someone says you really need to do this. We just talked about this in Godzilla, where oh, yeah. a character like Kyle Chandler says, you really should let the shields down. And then another character goes, that's crazy. You can never let them down. And they go, but you really should let them down. And they go, all right, we'll let them down. And you go, bah, bah. that's not how conversations work. Right. People don't just feel like, well, all right, you said it twice in a row. You, Once, give me you any- said it loud and mm. soft. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm convinced. You, oh, you found the right decibel level. <laughs> Yeah, it's very true. It's uh, it was really false feeling, and this in Men in Black, it, it didn't it didn't fit Chris Hemsworth's character either. I only work all. alone. It's like we've only seen you work with Liam Neeson. No, he so, does like two missions alone. Remember when? Well, he does the one where he ends up sleeping with that alien woman when he gets the snake bites him. Doesn't okay, so do that's it? just a one mission. That one mission he does do alone. You're right. Doesn't he do another one in Marrakesh or no? No, I guess that's the bad guys. So just the one, yeah. But also, Liam Neeson was years and years ago. That was seven years ago. I thought it was 12 years ago. 2016. So it's two, two, three. three, three They say three in the movie, yeah, three. Um, Wait, we should say Chris Hemsworth is awesome in it. I mean, he really... Yes. He's hysterical without being like a comedian. He's just... Well, he's also, yeah, he's able to be like almost like a douche, like he's almost a dick kind of bro. I party all the time. Like charming. Don't care. But then he's also, yeah, able to still yet be charming. Where you're like, you shouldn't be likable. Yeah. But there is something there. You're, and you, you're not like arrogant. You almost seem just like depressed and like, are just. That's kind of a very 80s archetype, isn't it? Archetype? Archetype? Where, archetype? archetype? <laughs> Where uh, he, like, I feel like you'd look at him and be like, God, on paper, this guy sounds like he should be so unlikable. Yes. And I just, <laughs> I want to watch him. End- like, like, yeah, this is sort of what a great character we can get behind. I mean, follow. his actions are pretty good. He lets Tessa Thompson, I mean, he, you could say that that's cruel to what he does with her, but part of it is he's letting her into his life. He's just showing her what he does, and he's kind of depressed by. The fact that his job at, to save the world is to party it up with these high-ranking aliens who are, like, kind of criminals. Yeah. Who are, like, they have to make sure don't attack our planet. The criminals his, from other worlds. So they're they like, yeah. oh, you're, you're doing such a good job for us. But to him, it's like, I want to be, like, James Bond. Or I want to be, like, saving the, jo- saving the world, not, like, getting drunk every night and keeping people happy. And Well, I think we had, so we had sort of differing uh, takes on, on this. Which is, but it's one thing we both appreciate is that the movie acknowledges that Chris Hemsworth is like better looking than Brad Pitt, we could say. Or just, it, you know, it acknowledges that he's a dreamboat, right? He's not better looking than Brad Pitt. Okay. Uh, yeah. Bad way to put it. I, 
I know it would be really hard to rate them because yeah, you would yeah, probably yeah. do like, oh, it's out of five and a four is bad. And well, Hemsworth's not a four, so they both fives. And then it's... On a one to five Ubers again. Yeah. <laughs> he gets four stars. No. Um, okay, that wasn't the right way to put it. But, but people have compared him to Brad Pitt as like an Australian bigger. There's something very similar about that. They the, both have a humor and. Yeah. yeah. He's very different still, though. Hemsworth almost seems like he's in, in, he's injected Pratt into him. Chris Pratt. Mm. It's like. Well, they spent some time I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's I, just, you don't usually see the big, huge, good looking guy be so funny. Yeah. And be so you know, improvisational almost. Yeah. Where usually they're like lugheads or they're, they have some charm, but they're not like. And he does not, he doesn't struggle with the accent at all. What accent was he doing in this? I can't even remember. His accent's always, it's funny because even when he talks normal, it doesn't even sound Australian. Oh, yeah. And, I don't, I think. He doesn't struggle with an accent because he always just does his Hemsworth accent. Which is, what, which well, is I don't know what it is. It's ambiguous. Yeah. I guess that's what I have. Everybody, people think I have a Philly accent that don't know a Philly accent. But if you ever go to Philly, my accent's just, I don't know where I cobbled it together from odds and ends, bits and pieces from various things. But he really, when you last, the last Huntsman or whatever it's called... I mean, what the hell is that <laughs> but it's cool sounding you're like i don't know where the hell that's supposed I mean, to be from it, it works because he's not in our like he's all his yeah. roles other than black hat he's not supposed to be in our world yeah black hat. that one we were like wait what's going on with your accent i don't think i can take this guy seriously yeah. and the other ones are like well you're thor or oh you're like a men in black agent from who knows where we don't even know and it's not even like it doesn't it's yeah. so not real world or your uh Huntsman, yeah. you know, you no, know, a fairy true. tale where it's like, of course, he has a weird accent. He's not from; he's from like Middle Earth or wherever this place is taking place. No, you're right. Those are the roles that work for him, and he can ascend accents. So, I want to stay on Hemsworth for a little because he, other than Thor and the Avengers movies, he seems to be a bomb machine. He can't hit, yeah, and I'm that upsets me. It's crazy because he just seems like such a movie star. And you see like a movie like Rush that's so good and it doesn't connect. I, it's, yeah, it's so great. And then even the one after that, it's like he did two movies of Ron Howard. Who Ron Howard is like one of those, every time out of the gates, the guy. He's like one of those, you know you can count on him, even though the movies are probably going to be kind of bland and boring. It's ironic that Rush is probably Ron Howard's best, most interesting movie. <laughs> and it doesn't hit. And then he does the Moby Dick the whale one that doesn't hit on paper i feel i don't know do you think on paper it makes sense which because like we're you we're looking at it through the the lens of now but at the time if he's going to be in a michael mann movie on a computer hacker i mean he has to say yes i think to that one he has to say yes red dawn i don't know about well that's before he that movie comes gets released way after they shot it okay that's before he gets even the uh, the hill one. I think that's Rush is fine. I mean, it didn't do well, which sucks for him. And Daniel Bruhl and him are great in it, and it's a movie that everybody should see. It's Rush is awesome. The race car movie, true story. Even though it's clearly not <laughs> true the way they he tell. was in. Was he in Vacation? I didn't realize that. He must have been like a side character. There must be a cameo. Yeah. yeah. Ghostbusters. He pops up in there. Oof. I forget about these bad. What else? These bad remakes. Vacation oh. of In the Heart of the Sea was the... That's the Moby Dick. Yeah. I don't know if it is Moby Dick, but there's a giant whale kind of thing. That's another Ron Howard, though. That's the follow-up. They do two together, and, and neither one the hits. Second Huntsman, Ghostbusters, then it's Thor Ragnarok, 12 Strong. Remember that one? That was... Oh, jeez. That's Jerry Bruckheimer, too. Like, he's working with the right people, and... Is, it, is, it, is Jerry the right guy to pick now? Yeah, maybe not, but... It also seemed like we had so many of those movies where it was like they're, you know, Iraq soldiers and they're it's one last battle and That's an anomaly though for that's an aberration for Jerry Bruckheimer because even if this isn't the height of Jerry Bruckheimer, Jerry Bruckheimer movies all look like Jerry Bruckheimer movies. That's the one that kind of stands out that doesn't that looks like a straight to video, frankly. What are his oh. last few? It does it does look like a straight to video. I mean, the last few, the, I mean, uh, the, probably just Pirates movies, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Uh, it just looked cor- like, remember it was like how, how the soldiers were able to use horses to, you know, the Arabian horses to yeah. stop the, you know, to what save the day. What an idea for a movie. Yeah, like, 
even if that's true, like make it just a documentary then. Like yeah. it's so ridiculous that you can never really buy into it. Terrible. It just looks or just the poster. Like, I don't know. These guys on horses in the modern day. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I think this actually feels like the first movie. If I was his agent, I would have been like, no. Every well, other movie I would be like, well, maybe Ghostbusters too. I don't know about that one. Wait, so this, this is, is something. Wait, I want to add something. This is important. I, the first half of the movie, I just kept thinking, like, he's so funny. He's so clearly a movie star, and mm-hmm. he keeps missing. I kept thinking about the Will Smith corollary, which, which is, like, Will Smith didn't do any remakes. You know, like, Will Smith didn't take Men in Black because, oh, this is established IP that... And especially, when I was watching this, I was like, if you guys... If all the same talent involved, if you got Neeson, Tessa Thompson, Chris Hemsworth, and F. Gary Gray coming off the Fast and Furious, and you just don't call it Men in Black and make it an original, change it up just a little bit. It's a more interesting movie just right off the bat. Like, especially, it's it's weird that the studios feel safe sometimes with an IP. You know, we talked about Blade Runner where it's like, that was a, it was not a hit 100 years ago. Mm. It, you know, it was a cult classic. There's a small cult following and then they make a huge $125 million movie. It's like, who, who were you expecting to see this picture? The small mm. cult and the, who else? Men in Black obviously is not a small cult movie. Yeah. But the first one's beloved. The second one's trash. The third one, by the time you get to this one, it's so tarnished the brand. You need right? a reboot. It's like almost like they, yeah, you need a reboot, and this doesn't feel like a reboot. This feels like a sequel. Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones could pop up in, in this world, right? You should have, if you're gonna do the Men in Black, reboot it, totally different look, totally different feel. I think they missed the mark. The movie's fine, whatever. Yeah. It almost feels like the Men in Black part is holding it back. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. If you the same pe- all the same people involved, don't call it Men in Black. I bet you remember the Total Recall with Colin Farrell, mm-hmm. Jessica Biel's great. You got Kate Beckinsale. They're looking hot. They're fighting each other. I like that stuff. Len Wiseman has a cool eye. There's some neat action and some cool effects. Just don't call it Total Recall. That's yeah, the most in, like, disappointing thing about it. Yeah. Movie, yeah, you can't not compare them. So much worse. You know, and then they also just do stuff where it's like, you remember the three tittied woman? Here's another three tittied woman. Like, even though that one was in fantasy land in his dreams, and this one's in the real world, which makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> but she's there. Remember that? This had a few of those in there. Remember, like the little worm guys just like mm-hmm. wandering by and yeah, just seeing f- images from the last f- few. You're just like, I don't. It doesn't. Just showing me that stuff doesn't get me. Yeah, it definitely needs a reboot, re, re, reboot, or or just call it something else, because, like, you know, we always say, Fast and Furious was just a ripoff of Point Break. That's exactly what I was thinking. If the you call it Point Break, that's that movie's not as good. That's Point Break Two. It's like, eh, mm. I don't know, <laughs> right? No, I think I still like it, but I don't think it is the <laughs> same. The problem is when you call it that, it's compared. But if you don't, it's not compared. No. It's just saying, like, oh, it's very similar. You're right. Oh, my. It almost is the same idea. That's it. You're That's right. a lot like. Well, I'm glad they made that and named it something different, because otherwise I would have thought about the other one. Yeah. For the miss, and the reason I don't think of the movie as good, and, I mean, they don't, they don't, they probably don't either, because they're like, well, we have a franchise. Oh, no, wait. Our franchise is dead. And yeah. it has no chance of anything. Maybe a TV show. Barely. I think... Today's climate seems perfect for a Men in Black movie. And they they live in a different world than us completely. Think about it. Keep going. Everybody's consumed by... There's sightings in the New York Times constantly about UFOs from people in the Navy. We're constantly getting Elon Musk sending crazy, you know, 18 satellites or whatever it is, or 80 satellites that you see in the air and right, it looks right, like right. some alien invasion. Or he's sending a spaceship that looks like a giant, a giant or a spaceship going off into space. You're like... This is a world where it's becoming, we're seeing more and more sightings, where more and more people are so invested in conspiracies. They don't believe anything. They don't trust anything. You're not going to let the, that be part of the world in your Men in Black movie? We have a president who could be an alien? That was what I said when he came out. I yeah. was like, why not just do the president's an alien? That's Even my if pitch. it's not Trump, it's like, that we'd all buy it. We'd all get who they were making fun of. And we'd be like, yeah, he does seem like an alien. 
That makes or just, sense. Like, like a makes, lot of the population feel like aliens where you're like, what are you, why are yeah. you doing this? What is it? Do you, have you lost all of your like senses? And it's like, yeah, they have because they're all like people believe in like lizard people and stuff like that. It's like, why not yeah. bring that conspiracy stuff into your men in black movie and have it connecting in some. Also, if you do Trump as an alien, I feel like that would be very comforting, right? That would be comfort food uh, in the cinema because yes, thinking of him out there it's so ridiculous where you're like oh, an alien that makes me oh, that, I feel, yeah. makes me feel better at least for the next two hours yeah he's an alien well think about it. we right <laughs> now live we live in men in black one right now so like our world right now is that where nobody trusts anything but that's what i was thinking but when you so were like, saying what? about the satellites and everything i was like but that isn't that kind of just the first one then or no sure but you can bring yeah what's happening in our real world into your movie and not instead of showing us images of Ariana Grande and saying, Oh yeah, I knew she was an alien. And then be like, Oh yeah, Donald Glover. Oh yeah. I knew he was an alien. You're like, that's not funny or no. anything. That's no, just no, like, no. what is that? Why even do that? Like it, I guess at least they didn't do the, the bad guys against climate change and we're ruining the planet and we'll have to go to another planet or something. That's true. <laughs> let me, let me, I had a pitch. I think it was, it had to do with the president being an alien. Oh. Okay. You have to do a different story. This one basically is a similar story from all the other three. I mean, the other one goes in time travel, but it's usually you're after an alien who has some MacGuffin and they have to get him. And they're usually a shapeshifter in some capacity. Mine is men in black are found out. Everybody realizes that they exist. Okay. Can't neuralize anybody. So they can't wipe people's memories using that. Everybody knows a little silver device that flashes red. Because the key resource that powers it, they've run out. It's been stolen oh. from one of their sources. So now oh. they have to deal with a world where everybody knows. Ooh, big. That's a big, that's a big development to deal with. That's what you need. You can't just have like right. another men in black adventure. No. Paradigm shift. And you know what you could do? They go to another planet or some alien like by the time they, the movie ends they've gotten another brick of the neuralizer battery power you know mm-hmm. whatever and then they can neuralize people and they can go back to square one and everybody forgets and then you can start your sequel and or they lack back to, or it's a black. decision do we yeah, do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. it right people have responded in a way that we didn't expect um do they go to other planets? That's actually they must have gone to other planets in the other movies, right? No, not that I know of. I think people just come here. Huh. I would be interested to see the men in black going to another I don't planet think, too. Yeah. Be another. That's so, Kyle, you could expand it, right? I mean, what the hell are they doing here all the time? Yeah, so the world knows we the aliens exist. Aliens are everywhere now, all of a sudden. And how humans respond is very interesting. And then they realize that it's the it's the president who's doing it. Is our alien president is after is is trying to do this. Do what? Uh, um, let everybody know. Because remember no, the whole point of the first out. movie, it basically connects to the first movie. The first movie is like, if we tell everybody, everybody will lose their minds. So the president's thinking, I want people to lose their minds. I've, I've gained from division. Well, also, it would lead you to, it would make sense that, because the men in black are always the one neuralizing everyone, but the aliens, it's not necessarily in their best interest. There'd have to be some alien to be like, I could take these mm-hmm. human. They're not any threat to me, and mm-hmm. I want them to know. I want to tell people. I'm going to blab it up, or, or maybe whatever their goal or agenda is from their planet, it would behoove for people to know. Like, yeah, you would think some aliens would spoil it. Yeah, I had a... I also didn't... Not only is Men in Black found... Or the aliens are found out, but also every Men in Black agent has their mind erased by the alien president's goons. So mm. there is no man in black. It's like, basically I'm kind of taking a mission impossible. They have to go rogue or they've lost their whole agency has been shut down. And what do they do? Mm. So they're the only art could be the same characters as the international movies. So you have like an apathetic character who's kind of like, what, what's the point of all of this? And I don't really remember saving the world and everybody thinks I saved the world. And, then you also have the other character, Tessa Thompson, who's like, I've wanted this my whole life. This is all I care about. So you, have, you can still have those two characters. I like that di- 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 dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be them, since we think that they could just have been in their own movie. But just have these two characters 
who are really bad pushed against the wall. Because if all those things happen, you go, oh, now I'm really interested in seeing what happens. There's something, there's something at stake. Hmm. This is something I haven't seen in a Men in Black movie. It's fascinating. And then you can go international. And then you can call it international. He's like, oh, wow. Yeah, they have to traverse the... It does feel like they should go interplanetary and not just international. Maybe that was their next one. They're like, first we go international. Yeah. Then universal. That was my pitch. So that's what I was thinking. I, I mean, like them running out of the neuralizer thing. That that's yes. run on some yes. compound that they run out of or somebody steals and, and they don't have any longer. It. Yeah. Overusing it. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking natural resources is, is something we have to deal with, like with like tariffs and all that stuff is in the news. What if there's uh, immigration s- is in the news and I don't I feel like Men in Black is a great Oh yeah, because they could do immigration with aliens yeah. coming. Yeah, I mean, what I feel if like the they're Trump- kind of oh, doing that? A wait bit. a minute. Why don't you do Trump if we're doing Trump as the president and he's trying to stop aliens from coming over and we have to build a dome instead of a wall, right? That's pretty good too, yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, they're coming, they're dropping out of the skies. And we everybody's telling dome. him like, everybody's telling him like a dome won't work. <laughs> I like that. And the men in black are like, this is why we kept everything in house. Now that everybody knows that yeah. we exist, this is where people want to go. Half the people want a dome, half the people want a net. And then you could bring Tommy Lee back. Yeah. Because he could be like the person like, I told them. I told him not to do it, not to tell anybody. So it's either that version or the other pitches just go like they're a serious organization. It's not a comedy. Try try to do it that version. Because the comic book isn't is very no, no, serious. No, the comic is really different. Yeah. So maybe you go more to the comic hmm. and see how people because the way I'm thinking is I remember there was that, that Bel Air video oh. where it was the serious version and a real world version of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Right. What if it wasn't a sitcom? Like, he actually gets a tough racket for a little while. So, like, what if you did that with Men in Black? Or what if, like, I think there was like a Ninja, Ninja Turtles video where it was a little more serious hmm. and like, whoa, whoa, this is like a real. What if we? What if you actually had a mutated turtle fighting dudes, <laughs> kicking ass? That was online. Yeah, they barely show the turtle. It was more like I think it was fan made, but it was pretty it was yeah. well done. Those things can be. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, man, these. There's passion here. Like these studios are just as like a PR oh, yeah. stunt alone to just hire these people and be like, yeah, we saw their short family video. It was great. We wanted to see what, if they could. Uh... Did you ever see the the Mortal Kombat was cool? That was cool. With Michael Jai White and uh, I, who did that? John Ch- John M. Chu from Step Up and G.I. Joe Retaliation. I feel like he did it. Because I remember the, they made it a series online, which wasn't very good. But the the first clip where it was, yeah. was really, it made, it made Mortal Kombat somewhat feel like it was in our world and they were trying to push that to get it made like yeah they ended up doing a little web series but it seemed like studios were gonna bite for a little while and it was like this is a this is a movie i'd see this well they're gonna do one they, i think it's uh what's his name oh yeah is he didn't do juan john james juan is gonna do mortal Kombat. oh really not direct but i think produce oh they're gonna shoot it i think in australia so oh yeah if they make it more like that that, that was a really cool video yeah like it has to, I feel like they want to make it more kid-like, like so it appeals to everybody. And it's like, no, no, Mortal Kombat is the most be, gruesome, violent. Yeah, it's got to be really gruesome, really R-rated, real like Deadpool, but like. I always re- think like, it's funny they don't want to show that stuff s- to kids, but like when I was a kid, I watched, I loved gore and gruesome stuff in the movie, in my monster movies and horror movies. And now, as you get older, you like cringe. And you're like, oh, gross. That's yeah, that's what it should be. It should be the reverse. Yeah. It should be like, yeah, we show kids all this stuff yeah. so that they are, and then by like thirty five, oh, you're thirty. Oh, well, you can't watch this anymore. You're yeah. too old for for the gore. I feel like if I watched a Mortal Kombat movie now, I'd be like, oh god, he ripped his sternum out. Oh. <laughs> but back then, I was like, ooh. <laughs> it really is the way you play it. Wait, I want to say one thing. Going back to. Because I didn't get to make my point. We got sidetracked with the whole Brad Pitt thing. But I did like in the movie, they acknowledged that he's, he's hunky and good looking, which I feel like so many of these movies, we talked about the, with The Rock and Schwarzenegger, where whether they're strong or foreign or good, it's just they always try to make them regular guys. Mm-hmm. So it was nice that like everybody is, and his whole kind of role in The Men in Black is being like, go partying good looking and you can sleep with the alien women and you know like use that. 
and the women react to him as such. It's just nice to see like a movie acknowledging that. I liked that he was sleeping with the alien woman. That was cool. I actually wanted Tessa Thompson to be sleeping with. Oh. They actually sent, I don't know if you noticed, it seemed like there was a cue where she was like, is that what you want me to do? To like, do I have to sleep with the people? And he's like, yeah, that's what I do. I thought they were going to have a flash cut to her on the couch. Like, but I was like, that's there. They would probably be like, yeah. oh, this is offensive to something. And be like, nah, son, it's a comedy. Have fun. I like the part when little, little Pawnee, her little uh, pawn that devotes him his life to protecting his queen, which is Tessa Thompson. He's, she's like, come on, hop up, and he jumps onto her thigh, and she's like, hey, not there, and he's like, I'm sorry, it was the highest I can jump, and then like a beat later, he's like, actually, I could have jumped a lot, a little bit higher, but that would have been even more awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I liked there was only one part that I felt really grasped the first movie oh which? was the part in the desert I mean it was also mm-hmm. probably the best scene in the movie funny scene you, there's not a lot going on which helps because you're just really it's like I wanted to just hang out with Chris Hemsworth and Tessa did you notice she had the Mila Jovovich in Resident Evil Extinction when she was turning to him from really? the firelight yeah her skin looked like glossed over like digitally hmm Interesting. Smoothed over. That. Oh, yeah. I was going to give you a nudge in the theater. Because that wasn't the case the whole movie. No, just in that one scene. I was wondering if maybe there wasn't enough light because it was so dark that they... Ah, anyway. Yeah. There's this the scene... There's a, the line where Hemsworth is telling... He's, he's He finds out that Tessa Thompson has never fallen in love. You've never been in love, have you? Yeah. Great good dialogue <laughs> scene. <laughs> I thought that the dialogue throughout was like there's a lot of stuff where I was just like you're just like giving it to Liam Neeson so it's like okay but give I'll that wait but yeah no he seemed uninspired yeah. which is rare because usually he's so effortlessly good he seemed kind of mm-hmm. apathetic a little bit the only scene Liam Neeson had that was really good was when he stand the one of his underlings and subordinates is trying to boss push him around a little bit mm-hmm. and he's sitting down and the other guy's standing up on the other side of his desk and then Liam Neeson stands up from his chair and kind of stands opposite the guy, and the guy kind of backs down a little bit, and you're like, yeah, Neeson. Get him. Wait, so go back to the scene in the desert, though, because you're right. That's the best scene. I also wait. I also like the Neeson scene where he's up top, and he's calling Hemsworth, telling him, like, hey, you need to get out of there. He's giving him the drop, that, hey, they're coming after you. His look, he's giving down to the guy below. Yeah. The same person is like, ooh. So Hemsworth... Is talking about love with Tessa Thompson, who's, who's essentially her character is, I just love the universe, or I want to find out the, the, the truth about the universe. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you don't, you don't believe in love? And also, I think, I don't even know if they're talking back and forth. It's all through mm. Pawnee, a little, or her little uh, servant guy. But she doesn't call him a servant, because she doesn't want to believe, doesn't believe yeah. in servants, which I like. But he essentially is. So Yeah, he's playing the title man. He's the middleman between them. They might have broken that off at this point. They might have stopped, and now they're just talking to they're each talking other. They're talking to each other at that point, yeah. And she's like, I don't believe in love. It's just like biological. It's a chemical reaction. It's not, you don't really like that person. Or, I don't know. And he's, Hemsworth's like, yeah, but the all the universe is is just a chemical reaction, you know? That's like a, he doesn't go into depth, but it's basically like we're all carbon, yeah. and everything around us is some kind of chemical, and it's all interacting. And Well, she says, she importantly says, Ah, love's just like a chemical reaction. It's mm-hmm. not real. And he says, well, the universe is, this whole thing was created by a chemical reaction. That's pretty real. Hmm. You know, which is just like, you know, it's like simple and deep. Right, but it also, the cool part is that it attracts her. He doesn't just like use an example. He uses an example that she's in love with the universe. That's like what mm-hmm. she said. She's like, I want, the, I, I want to find out the truth of the universe. That's all I care about. And so he uses the example of the universe itself. Yeah. Oh, I, need, I wanted that's more true. of those scenes. Yeah. Instead, we didn't get many of those scenes. And at the end, they're like, oh, are they going to stay partners? Or are they going to like have a drive together somewhere? And you're like, but they haven't really had much to do. Yeah. I'm not rooting for them to be together. I'm kind of like, well, I mean, they did a good job this time. But what do you think about her? It's like you wouldn't have advised her to be in this. Yeah, and I kept, it was kind of one of those things where you're like, what are you doing in this? Yeah, she was doing interesting. She's really good. She's so bloody good. I also felt like she was in enough between Thor and Creed. 
She her accent in the Thor movies is really cool. It like really works for her, doesn't it? In Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame and Thor Ragnarok. I mean, unless you're British, then you probably hate it. But yeah. if you we're not purists, so I don't wear them. I think it's a good British. I'm not even. I don't even mean her pretending to pass as British mm-hmm. or anything. It just, it just. I like it. Comes off well. Yeah. Looks, I like it. I like. But I. I mean, I there. like. I like the departed accents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they talk about how bad Nicholson is. He's like. Nicholson wouldn't have a if he was from yes, Boston, exactly. he wouldn't have everyone else's Boston accent. He yes. would have his own Weird. cartoonish, goofy accent, yeah. right? That's what we talked about with like mine and probably yours too. We don't have the Philly at all. There's some twinge and twang to what the way we speak, right? That's unorthodox. We wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, Nicholson, come on, he's a, he's, he's a wild man. He, he wouldn't have the, the traditional Boston accent. How we defend him? We're gonna defend. We defend Nicholson's <laughs> accent. I do though. I, I mean, I'm just not somebody. I mean, I guess maybe it's because I grew up on Schwarzenegger and Van Damme movies, or I'm like, maybe I'll throw Seagal in there too. So I, I understand uh, people who. It's okay for me if they have an accent. I don't. Yeah. It doesn't have to be explained. Or it's also funny. Like Arnold movies were funny because of his accent and how he delivered his lines. Yeah. Van Damme, not as funny, but still. What would you do with Tessa? If you were her agent, what would you be like? Let's not. Oh, good question. Hmm. I'm surprised she even, like, that they were packaged deal with Hemsworth in this movie. It seems like she could be the star and there could be just a guy we don't. Some other. Maybe two women. Hmm. I did think it was interesting they made her the star. I thought he was going to be more the star. Mm-hmm. She definitely well, she plays, carries the movie. He's almost they, the they almost play the movie as if it's she's Will Smith. They have like a, almost similar exact scenes, and she's doing the same similar faces. Uh, the scene when he's, she's like getting. But dressed she's definitely and, the straight man, though. He's the comedic relief. I that's true. Yeah, but I mean more like the way she's introduced into the MIB and that discovers yeah. it, and but she's definitely taking on the straight man role, straight woman role. There's so many inadequacies in the English language that as more things become gender neutral, we could say, there's so many words that have literally man in the title. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with it now. Mm. I mean, men in black, for one. A part of me feels like we should revisit language. Yeah. If, like, if we're revisiting everything else. I mean, I know people are doing that. And they're like crossing off words like this word is. Well, we had a good one the other day, right? I asked what the male version of a widow was, and we said a widower, and it's like that doesn't sound right. No, that sounds like he's doing the widowing, not that he's been widowed himself, but as a now he's a man. Yeah, I think what I was saying was that widow. That's like all. No, only people cared about a widow, so that was the term. There's more more sympathy with a widow. Widower doesn't. No, but it was like, oh, it's an available woman. You know, people are like, yeah. oh, an available man. Hey, go find yourself a, a, a woman. Why don't you? What are you doing? Right. But a woman would be like, oh, she's a widow. Oh, she's a widow. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Is a widow a widower? I don't know. What's that? What are you talking about? Sounds Widower sounds like somebody who creates widows. Like somebody who's That's like, what I, mean. I murder That's, husbands. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> who widowed you? Oh, oh my ex-husband. Oh, my God. He was the worst widower. How wait, what? <laughs> How could your ex-husband be? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I in this <laughs> we are talking from the afterlife, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I do think yeah, language. Oh, so many things with language. I mean, even just the term "man" and "woman" is like yeah, obviously created by man. We're like, what should we tell the other people who don't look like us? Oh, add something to our term. <laughs> yeah. What about, oh, so we're males. What are they? Add something to male. Put some, a couple more letters. Two, preferably. They did it in both ways, right? Yeah. Female and yeah. woe man. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then the only one that's not like that is lady, which is kind of, yeah. my lady. No, she's a lady. It's kind of, it's dismissive, I find, a little bit. I always wonder if that's context. Yeah, probably. It's funny. I find, I keep hearing lately where people will say Jew or Jewish, and 
like apologize. Oh, I don't mean that in a bad way or something, you know, and there's, oh, it could be offensive. And I was like, no, what do you mean? It's literally just the name. And then they say, it's like, oh, you're a Jew? And you're like, well, I guess if you say it like, like that, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can make anything bad. Uh, I think if I were controlling terms, Jew just has such a, it goes down when you say it. What's well, that ooh sound? Yeah, which I ooh. It, it literally yes. has ooh, ooh in it. it. So ooh, it's. Yeah. I think I don't ooh. actually think. I think people realize. Oh no, the way I say this term sounds like I'm insulting them. But it's really just the term itself. It has nothing to do with the people. <laughs> anything. And if I was the leader of, I don't know where that. Would, I, I don't know if the leader of Israel gets to decide what the term. I would be like, all right, we're not Jew or Jews anymore. Where if we have a new term. Mm. That sound that's more like woo. Even the other one, like Hebrew, woo. <laughs> what can you do? I don't have much more to say on the picture. I like the bad guys. I thought they were cool. Although they, oh. you're right, they're not even the bad guys. They disappear from the movie in the third act. I want to talk about the bad guys. Yeah. So then another shapeshifter. They look really cool. Great special effect. And then you find out that they're not actually the villains. The villains are this other hive that yeah. is Liam Neeson. They were hard to beat. I don't know. Why couldn't they be the villains? They just blast them out of nowhere. And they're like, we got new guns. Yeah. And it's not even our heroes that blast them. Liam it's Neeson just comes and you like, they were so hard to defeat. You had good villains. You established them. They were really cool. My only thing is the establishment. Like, why is that the first that first scene we see where two, the two shapeshifters take the form of this just random guy? Was he connected in any way? I don't remember that. Well, it he was just on like... the building of... Wasn't he... Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the normal guy. But, but or did it have bo- to do... Because he was doing all that stuff with electricity, and they seemed to be, like, electrical at that point, right? They were just, like, these electronic lightning so force They just fields. randomly picked some guy who was in this one place that... I don't know. Or was it just because they were close to the queen... Remember the queen with Pawnee? They yeah. go and visit. They're like right near that, right? I mean, I guess they walk around a little bit. I don't know. It's a good question. It ju- to me, it just seemed like it seemed like we need to show off their powers. So they yeah. kill, and they, we need to ha- kill, have them kill somebody so that you're like, they're the bad guy. But I mean, I guess theoretically, though, in Men in Black 1, wh- why do they take over Vincent D'Onofrio? That's kind of random. I mean, it's, Isn't that where he lands? Oh, yeah. They crash land on his farm. But couldn't you just say that about this one? That's where they landed? I don't know. He was the guy They're also good there. guys, so a theory that are trying to save their planet. So why are they even killing a human? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, they really do that guy dirty too. They yeah. turn him into a puddle of mush. Oof, God. I was wondering. It was a kind of cool effect, though. That... It was. And then we were cool when they were like, "There's a scene where they're in the club and they just like." <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was the, the the guy before he gets taken by these shapeshifters and they use his identity and he's turned into mush. Oh, he was dancing. He was dancing, right? Yeah. That's it. Because I think what the movie was supposed to be showing was that these creatures, like I think they were supposed to, well, actually that doesn't make sense because they're not the hive. The hive characters ha- are a hybrid, so they still have like a part of the old person. But they don't, I don't think, that shapeshifter. Remember at the end, he's able, Hemsworth is able to convince Neeson to come out of his hive hybrid form and help him and like stop attacking just for a second so Tessa Thompson can destroy some portal. I don't know. The shapeshifters don't, unless they're similar to the hive where... But wait, would you be saying just because the, the Tunisian Fred Astaire... Yes. Is dancing in the beginning that that's why in the club they start yes. they can't exactly they can't help but dance. Once the music comes, a part of them Only one of them's dancing. The other guy's just standing behind him. Oh. I was wondering why they were dancing. It seems so it was strange. Hilarious. It was, it was, it very was funny. really funny. The moves yeah. are hysterical, but you're like, I don't know why that helped them on their mission. So you just think it's because he's still he's Yes. His identity is still in there, <laughs> and so when he hears the music, they can't help but dance. That they're not even really trying <laughs> Because they're they're walking really seriously and they're about to kill Tom, Tessa Thompson and Hemsworth. They're walking right, and then they, I don't know where they just. And that's when the humor comes because you're just like, "What? Wait, why yeah. are they dancing?" And they're doing a really good job, and everybody's like cheering them on and stuff. I guess it's those guys' first guys' movie, but I think they're probably twins. George Hill, yeah, look like the basketball George Hill player. With 
They were cool. They were cool. It said introducing them, so it must be their first picture. What do you think? F. Gary Gray's had a strange filmography. A strange oof. Where do you? Where does this go? What do you think of the direction his career is going? And what did it, was his last was Fate of the Furious? Yeah. And before that, Straight Outta Compton. It's funny because I feel like Straight Outta Compton was like a return to form. Yes. And you're like, oh, you still got some chops. You can still do do it. And then Fate of the Furious was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Didn't even wasn't even a comprehensible movie. Fate of the Furious is like a fever dream. I feel like I turned to you, or vice versa, at three different points of the movie. Like, is this really happening? Is this real? <laughs> is this actually? <laughs> this is how it, it's gone this far, this fast down. Yeah. yeah. What's happening right now? It's very. It's like the way things used to be, a long time ago, when sequels would just suddenly go really bad, really quick. And you go, whoa, yeah. what happened? They, they seem to be like. They were getting a little bit worse, but not that big of a jump. That one's weird though, because it's a it's a bad it's like it's like Jaws three, but on such a grand scale. Yes, I feel like a lot of the sequels get really bad because yes. they they lose just the, they lose a lot of the talent too. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, Spielberg's like, I don't want to keep making these, even though Jaws three I think had Michael Caine. But why is that? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't lose all the talent. I'm just saying. Oh, but he's not in the first or second. Or... No, no, right, yeah. <laughs> I meant talent behind the scenes, the writing and the directing. Actors, they'll sign up. Oh, yeah. Jaws, all right, I'll be in it. Michael Kins also seems to be in a lot of bad movies. Yeah, they make fun of him because he said yes to everything. His Wait, line, the Jaws 3, is the one he said, I didn't see the movie, but I saw the house it bought. Because <laughs> he couldn't, he won the Oscar that year and he couldn't go because he's off in the Caymans filming Jaws 3. Good for him. Screw the Oscars. So. I don't think well, he cared. Yeah, he didn't seem like he cared. I'd rather be in, in the Caymans. No, yeah. he, what's your theory on F. Gary? Like, what? why is one really great, and then he has the worst movie, and then he has this, which you're like, I don't, doesn't feel like you put your prints all over this. I don't know. I rewatched Set It Off recently, and it's like, it's, because that's one of my favorite movies, and it like skyrocketed even higher up the list rewatching it. It's so good. I love that movie. Do you think he's just not invested if it's not, yeah, like I worked with a guy. I worked with a guy who was was. He said he was his assistant, and that he just doesn't. He's not very involved. He just plays video games all day. But I don't trust that guy. <laughs> Why are you throwing it out there? I'm starting the rumor mill by throwing out unsubstantiated information that I don't trust. <laughs> but I'm throwing it out there. No, no, believe right. what you need. But that makes sense. Wait, because can I neuralize? <laughs> just do the neuralizer now. <laughs> Forget what I just said. That's a terrible rumor. I can't yeah, tell you. It's a terrible rumor, but it actually makes sense because it seems like he traded a company. He's like, I connect with this material. Yeah. I like, oh, I'm interested in this. Yes. Right. I'm going to be in very involved. And then he was like, Fate of the Furious? Like, I don't care about what is this even franchise about? All right, I'll come in. You can put my name on it. You know, I'll, I'll give the thumbs up and I'll get things moving. Yeah. Or like, be cool. I just feel like he's like, whatever. Yeah. Let's just get this thing done. Also, did you notice be cool? And Men in Black International, F. Gary Gray sequels to Barry Sonnenfeld movies, both of them. Oh, interesting. Men in Black and Get Shorty. Was there no Straight Outta Compton 2? Or like, I thought they were going to do a spinoff. They were going to do a version with Tupac more or so. No. That no. felt like it was a franchise. I mean, they did that other silly Tupac movie, but that was not made by the same people. That was stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were talking about a sequel where it was going to be more... Tupac, more Snoop Dogg, more that era. Snoop as Lakeith Stanfield, or vice versa. You could do more with that. I'd love to see Snoop Dogg play Lakeith Stanfield. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. You know this actor that you really, most people don't know his name yet, but hopefully will soon because they're so talented? There's a biopic, and who guess who's playing him? You know, that renowned actor, Snoop Dogg. (laughs) You remember him from, uh, what was the one with Wiz Khalifa? You like that one, right? Oh, I want yeah. To check it out. It's like how high, high for the next generation. What's that called? I do like that one. It's ridiculous, but it's also very entertaining. It's for it's what it. I mean, it, yeah. They're both so likable. They're yes. both so watchable and charming. Like they're so effortlessly cool. It's funny because I didn't. 
people made the Wiz Khalifa connection to Snoop Dogg before, and I was like, oh, just because he smokes some weed? Like, what, what are you guys talking about? There's nobody's like Snoop Dogg. And then when you watch that, you're like, oh, I can see why these guys like each other. Like, mm-hmm. Wiz Khalifa is really cool. He's got that great laugh, too. Yeah, he's the best laugh. Uh, <laughs> His laugh is like a, like the, um, what's that, what is that, THX, the Dr. Dre, you know how it has that sound? Uh-huh. Like, like it should, it feels like it should be some kind of production company's. I hope we can find his laugh without a beat under it. Oh, we have to. There must Whatever, be an inch, like a not an instrumental. What's it called? Acapella. With that it. should be our production company's like sound. It's just his laugh. I, like I, I, I wonder if we would have to like pay for that. How that would even work? No. Well, yeah, I mean we're using his uh, like voice. His. I wonder if we could, like, chop and screw it enough where it wouldn't sound like... Nah, Dr. Dre got sued for the THX thing. Well, that's direct. He didn't even change it, right? No. Well, I wonder if we asked Wiz, like, hey, can we just use your laugh for our production company? It's purely an honor. <laughs> Copyrights are bullshit. Come on, man. You don't believe in that stuff. Like, freedom of information. Let's go. Let's, let's create. Let's create stuff. Come on, Wiz. Come on. He'd like it. He'd be down for it. All right. That's enough. That'll be a wrap. The sequel discussion... To be continued.